Howdy folks, and welcome to another episode on the Paranormal Universe. It's your homegirl, Denise. So, today's episode, I figured we'd talk about um, a city in Southern California, which is about maybe a two-hour drive from where I am. Um, it is known for its uh, rich Latin culture um close to the border to be exact and if you haven't guessed it i'm talking about san diego california now i figured we'd discuss a couple haunted locations in san diego because well i noticed that a couple people were asking about uh more haunted locations so i'm here to please well depending on what you need pleasing with but we're going to talk about um, a couple locations within San Diego that are haunted that you can go, either go tour or visit. So let's start with the first one. The Davis Horton House. Um, it was formerly known as the William Heath Davis House. Um, it's, a, it's a historical structure which bought and assembled in 1850 by William Heath Davis is the oldest in what is now downtown San Diego. Um, This haunted location is a very colorful past, but many believe that the abundance of paranormal activity is attributed to the numerous deaths that occurred during the 10 years it served as a hospital. Well, shit. If you were a hospital... And people died, you know for a fact that they're going to be at some point paranormal activity. I'm just saying. Don't shoot the messenger. I'm just saying. One of the home's most well known spirits is of an unknown Victorian woman wandering around the house and a well dressed couple near the top of the narrow staircase. Lights have been spotted turning on and off. Even the house was not yet wired for electricity. There have been apparitions and strange sounds, and interior lights turn on and off every evening before the security alarm was turned on. Huh. Interesting. I gotta add that to my bucket list. Next location we're going to talk about is the Old Point Loma Lighthouse. Um, Beginning in 1855, this little lighthouse lit the way for ships entering San Diego Bay for almost 40 years. Huh, interesting. Until better location... Oh, I'm sorry. This is until a better location not obscured by low-lying clouds was discovered. Today, many believe that the spirit of the famed Spanish explorer Juan Rodriguez Cabrillo lives there. Interesting. I didn't know there was an explorer by that name. Other believe that the lighthouse final lightkeeper, Captain Rob- Robert Dector Israel, still lives there keeping watch. Maybe it's both. Who knows? You know? Imagine if it's both. Interesting conversations they would be having. Um, some of the paranormal stories... Um, are that the uh, who from the people who visited heavy footsteps coming up and heavy heavy footsteps coming from the upper rooms 
moaning, heavy breathing. Someone is right behind you, sensation. Cold spots um, at the start of the spiral, spiral spir- staircase have been reported. Um, I believe this one is open to the public to go um, take a look at. So go take a look and let me know what you, what you think. Next location. The Horton Grand Hotel. Now, the Horton Grand Hotel actually started out as two buildings. Moving two different buildings brick by brick from different locations was not an easy task. But it stands beautifully in downtown San Diego. Um, today, many ghosts and apparitions haunt the hotel. The, the most famous is Roger Whitaker. Some say he died of a gunshot wound in room 309. Others say he died on the property long before either building was built. Um, he's often seen in the hallways in, and, in one, and in room 309. And many people have tes- testified that um, mysterious incidents in that area of the hotel, including warm temperature happening even when the air AC is on, lights turning off and on in the room, misty glows in the room, the bed being shaken, there are more doors opening and closing on its own. Um, witnesses also say that they've seen a ghost of a former madame of um, of uh, the brothel that um, used to be where the hotel stood. Um, uh, the Grand Horn is the definitely one of the creepiest places to stay in San Diego so I guess to take apart two buildings that are on either look either location either location and then put them back together brick by brick to form this grand hotel um it's quite interesting but if you happen to be staying in this hotel, love to know your experiences. Now, the next location I have been to, I actually explored. Um, and it is more of a weird sensation to it. It um, You hear little kids, you hear footsteps running towards you, you hear... Um, noises and you hear people um, but what I heard was people arguing back and forth and the area I'm talking about is El Campo Santo Cemetery El Campo Santo Cemetery opened in 1849 by the local Catholic community early settlers of San Diego needed a large place with plenty of plots to construct a place to bury the dead Thus, the famous cemetery was born. Over the years, the city expanded. Many bodies were unearthed, moved, or simply discarded. Tombstones were moved. Buildings were constructed right on top of the graves. How desecrating people were in the 1800s. And in 1889, one area of the cemetery became the location of a, of a horse-drawn streetcar, and which happened to have the line went directly over 18 graves. Spirits tend to hate that kind of sort of thing. Though it has reduced dramatically, 
there used to be a considerable amount of paranormal activity at the cemetery, and El Campo Santo is still one of the most spooky spots in California. People have experienced extreme cold spots spots in the area. Cars refuse to start when parked in the cemetery. Parking lot. Spiritual manifestations in the vicinity of the cemetery. A restless spirit of the former gravedigger. A young boy who appears to be trapped and confused. People say that this was a... Restless ghosts of Campo Santo are downright angry, with good reason, you, I would say. You dig my body up, you throw me to the side, and you build a, you put a building on top of where I was laying the rest. Of course I'd be angry with you, motherfuckers. And the paranormal entities involved are, are fearless and eager to interact with the living. Um, to experience the phenomenon itself, you can um, actually, it's part of a tour, so you can go take the tour uh let's see there is another one on here that i i actually investigated and hold on there's actually two okay so the next one is hotel del coronado now <clears throat> hotel del coronado a group of us had went to stay and um, wanted to see Kate, if Kate Morgan was around. Now, if my memory serves me correct, we heard a lot of dragging. We heard a lot of um, noise. Well, I went twice. I went with a group of friends the first time, and then I went with another group of friends the second time. And the group of friends on the second time we heard uh, something being dragged across the floor. Um, we heard a lot of door handle shaking. We heard a lot of activity as in fire engines, people screaming, people running, as if there was a fire. Um, we heard a lot of commotion from the inside of the room versus the outside of the room. So, yeah. Yeah. So, Hotel Del Coronado is said to be haunted um, by a young woman uh, who visited the location um, and checked in in 1892, and her name was Kate Morgan, but she never checked out. Instead, her lovely likeness and gentle spirit remained the resort's resident ghost. She was 24 when she arrived on Thanksgiving Day, alone and unhappy, and is said to have been waiting for a gentleman to join her. After five lonely days, Kate took her own life. At the time of her death, police could find nothing to identify her, so she was known as, by the newspapers as a beautiful stranger. Later, it was confirmed that she had been married, but estranged from her husband, and it was surmised that she had been that she would arrive at the Dell, hoping to meet with her lover since her death guests and employees have attested to the hauntings most have to do with kate's original third floor room where visitors have experienced flickering lights television that turns on by itself and turns off breezes from nowhere inexplicable sounds and scents moving items opening and closing doors changes in room temperature and unexplained footage 
footsteps and voices. Paranormal researchers have documented supernatural activity in the room with radiation sensors, goggles, and infrared cameras. If that it wasn't enough, there have also been Kate sightings in the hotel hallways along the seashore. Now, there's also um, activity in the gift shop where things will move and fall to the floor. Um, employees and, and visitors have witnessed that also. Again, I've stayed there two times. Um, rooms are not cheap. They're like in the 300s. So trust me. Save up if you're going to go stay at the Hotel Del Coronado. Um, so the rooms are not cheap. Um, but there is activity almost everywhere in that hotel. So like I said, go ahead, check it out. Um, I'm not sure if that's on a ghost tour or not, because like I said, we didn't do the ghost tour. We just went and visited the, um, the location and we stayed there both times. The next one that I stayed at, I didn't stay at, but I visited was the Whaley house. Um, now, according to the people who work there, a lot of demonic things, spirits, demons, whatever, live there. The Whaley House used to be a, a, a courthouse, so there's a story of, uh, of a gentleman that was hanged in the living room part of the house. So, yeah. Uh, my personal experience there, I felt very claustrophobic, like the room was closing in on me. So that could be something related to the hanging. Don't know. Um, but as you move around the house, you do get the feeling that you're being watched. 100%. They um, took us through the tour. That was like a mini tour. They took us through the house, through the kitchen where I've seen spirits of the uh, family's dog. Um, and then they have dolls in the room. And we all know how I feel about dolls, empty vessels for demonic entities to possess that move. Um, but there is a room upstairs that um, isn't very fun feeling uh when i was up there it felt like i was getting touched and it just felt totally wrong on many different levels it felt like i was getting caressed more or less to say the least um they said that people take pictures in front of this uh mirror and you see you know a, de a demonic entity show up in your pictures um, I didn't get any of that feeling, but I did get the feeling of being touched. I did get the feeling that I'm being watched. I'm being stalked, more or less. But let's talk about the the Whaley House. Um, in fact, it is known as America's number one haunted house. Once the city's courthouse, the San Diego's first commercial theater, a general store, and more, 
than a gorgeous mansion located in Old Town, San Diego. Now, where this place is located, there's also, um, it's down the street from El Campo Santo. Um, and it's also a couple streets down from the USS Midway. Um, and has a very dark path of death, suicide, and mystery. The suicide, I believe, was the daughter of the owners of the Whaley House. Um, so, uh, they've been said that you see uh, a, a young lady in a nightgown walking the grounds. I believe that's the daughter. Several spirits are regularly seen here, including who is thought to be Violet Whaley, the 22-year-old daughter of Thomas Whaley, who, after being ostracized by society for her divorce, became depressed and humiliated and committed suicide by shooting herself in the chest with her father's gun. Others ghosts include Yankee Jim Robinson, who hanged on the property when, where the house now stands, and both Thomas Wiley and his wife Anna um, were also, also died on the property. Unexplained sounds, mists, shadows, unusual events are not common in the mansion. Um, again, this is open to the public for a fee. You could tour the house. Your tour guides are in historical uh, costumes. So, it, to me, you're going to wear a historical costume. You're trying to get them to uh, manifest themselves more, again, more or less. Um, the next one is called the Cosmopolitan Hotel and Restaurant. Now, that was next on our stop, but it got too late and we just wanted to go home. So the Cosmopolitan has um, watched San Diego unfold for over 200 years. Once this adobe home built in 1827 by the young revo revolutionary Don Juan Bandini to a modern two-story hotel stagecoach office in 1869 to an olive can can cannery to a popular Mexican restaurant in the later half of the 20th century. And if only the walls at the Cosmopolitan can talk, what would, it, what would they say? to be a fly on the wall during this period. That'd be crazy. Josefina, um, Josefina. <laughs> Bandini's three daughters, Josef, Josefa, Arcadia, and Isaldra, were fabled to be the most beautiful women in California. Legend says that the youngest, Isaldra, fell from the roof of the home into the arms of Lieutenant Cave Quartz, while he was on horseback. It said that her ghost's figure is thought to visit room 11 often, turning lights on and off and engaging in other spiritually mischiefs. She likes to open curtains, move the mirror, put the bathroom robe on the floor, and sometimes guests hear a cat purring late at night. Interesting. <laughs> I wonder where the cat comes from. When paranormal activity... Um, examined the rooms they didn't get anything then they realized that she spoke spanish when she was alive duh 
hello it's at that period not many people spoke english so hello conductor conductor investigation in espanol they started to ask her questions in spanish and that and they say that the moment they hold up they started to ask questions in spanish and they said and they say that at the moment she told them her name the manager of the hotel himself says that he doesn't he does not go into the room alone because many experiences he had well i don't know about that one um like i said it's said to be a haunted place but again i had no time to check it out no time to look into it so i can't really say anything about that now this next one um this next one has a weird sensation i'm talking about the del mar racetrack now many san diegans visit the county fair and del mar race races every year and don't realize that the, the racetrack is said to be haunted i could have told you that a long time ago the race racetrack has a long history that dates back to the 1930s consequently many of Many of the most common activities attributed to the paranormal have reported here. Lights flickering on and off, voices, cold spots, and shadowy figures on photographs. The fifth floor is believed by employees to be the location of most hauntings and unusual events. It is said that the elevator will sometimes refuse to stop on the fifth floor, and sometimes the hallways will glow glow will grow cold and people will see ghostly figures of people from all walks of life and who visited the racetrack the hollywood elite businessmen children people who love horses and even some abused or mistreated horses themselves so you got to figure why oh and then they say that um you hear different voices at night can be heard there now <clears throat> i had a company picnic at this location uh, about maybe six seven years ago and just being on the racetrack itself gave you an eerie feeling um we explored the entire building because uh, we were in the infield for the company picnic but at the same time we can go out and do uh bets on the races um the building itself gives you this weird feeling um it's kind of like i don't know it's like you will get off the elevator and you turn the corner and you're waiting for somebody to pop up at you that's how kind of feeling you get i heard um which is weird. I heard these weird like conversations. Um but I thought it was just somebody around the corner. But you know, I could but I could be wrong. Don't mind my dog. There's people outside the window. She's barking like a crazy crazy one. But 
it's interesting to be honest and um you just gotta gotta wait gotta gotta check it out um now i didn't encounter any um ghosts of the animals um but i would say i i would expect there be to be some i mean the horses you know either were per, per, put down injured on the racetrack so you know a lot of things mistreated you know a lot of things could have happened there Now, the next one we're going to talk about is called the USS Midway um, Museum. Now, it's the U.S. Midway is um, in the Embarcadero um, and... It is a formally active, uh, I don't want to say cruiser, battleship, I don't know, but let's, let me read to you about some of the stuff. Um... The Midway has many reports encounters of ghosts and spirits from past Midway crew and there are, uh, there are even two reports of ghosts being on board while she was still in service one occupied the full food cold storage locker in the bow of the fourth deck the other is reportedly in the career guidance counselor's office near the stern and may and may still be there Hansen who happens to be the museum curator because you could actually take a tour of this battleship cruiser whatever you want to call it I took the tour um, it's a little too confined for my taste a lot of claustrophobia was going on through there uh, Hansen who is also the keeper of the log of, that records all strange incidents Reported by staff, volunteers, and guests of the museum say that he doesn't fear the former crewmen of the Midway. Those that are on the ship today aren't usually ghosts who died on the ship, but are mainly those who passed away later in life and have decided to return to the ship they loved out of duty and camaraderie with their shipmates. He says that if there's a choice to be here, we welcome them. We love and honor the Midway just like they do. Now, many of the encounters on the Midway is with spirits, but resident residual energy is said to take the form of vision. Uh, uh, like a still moving uh, pictures. Sounds, smells, mainly old blood, uh, weird sensations, and very heavy air. Now, when I was on the Midway... I kept getting this, um, like a mini movie going through my head and the air was very heavy and I mean heavy to the point where I try to figure out I'm losing mine because I can't breathe kind of thing. Um, 
When the spirits are seen, they aren't sailors or marines, but usually civilians, including female spirits, many of whom don't reside on the ship, but pass through and are not encountered again. People think it's fascinating that that the midway seems to be just as much drawn for those on the other side as well as visitors that are alive. So I do recommend this one because they have a lot of simulators. They have a lot of um, things you can do on it. But like I said, me personally, it just was too much for me. So you, you'd have to go and experience it yourself. Um, I'm not sure. I forgot how much the tickets were to get um, to tour the, the location. But you can, by all means, check it out. It's really cool. And the final one. This one is also another ship. It's called the Star of India. The San Diego Marine Time Museum houses a fleet of marine time vessels, including the 1914 pilot boat, the 120-year-old ferry boat, a Russian submarine from the Cold War. Some say that all of the ships are haunted. However, there are at least three ghosts returned to haunt the ships in the museum's collection, and two of them can be found on one of the first iron ships and the oldest active sailing ship, the Star of India. The Star of India one's called the... I'm not even going to pronounce it because I'm going to butcher it. E-U-T-E-R-P-E. I'm not even saying that. Um, it has traveled the globe many a times and has sailed several... Um, has sailed several times to New Zealand, Australia, California, and Chile. So it's not surprising to see um, that she... Um, would house ghosts and spirits roaming its floors. The first ghost was a teenage stowaway, John Campbell, who fell from the main mast, broke both his legs, um, and went unconscious, and passed away three years later. The young man can be found playing around the main mast on all the decks. Visitors have reported feeling a cold hand touch them when they stand near the mast. Um... The entire atmosphere of the ship seems to be charged with ghostly phenomenons. Um, crew members say that there's something reported by guests and then overnight school groups just about every day. Outlines have been seen on beds. Pots and pans seem move on their own. And when the Travel Channel's Ghost Adventures visited the ship uh, for one of their most fam famed episodes, the they experienced doorknobs turning. Zach um, from the show began to feel vertigo, um, overcome with sadness, and sick. Aaron began to um, feel extreme chest pain, and light anomalies started to shoot at him. Strange noises and voices can be heard. Akasha, devil, slave, contrition, grace, funeral, and justice were among the words. The cameras picked up a small figure. The compass begins moving with no explanation. The light anomaly is picked up on one of the cameras. And the guys from the show say that it was one of their most successful experiences. Again, we're talking about Mr. Baggins. Who cares?
this is another one that I have not been on, so I really can't vouch for any of the experiences, but I'm told it is very haunted. Um, so I do recommend um, you check out any of the locations in San Diego. Make sure you check out Hotel de Coronado, the Whaley House, um, Campo Santo Cemetery, the USS Midway, um, because those are some of the ones that I personally uh, experience. So go ahead and check those out. Um, let me know what you think about them. What do you think? Do you think locations can keep residual um, energy? Do you think ghosts go back to the location where they died? Or are they just transient? They just passing through and decide to stop by, say hi, what's up, how you doing? I'm curious to know what you all think. Don't forget to leave a comment down below. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and like this episode. It helps us with the ratings. Remember, all independent podcasters, we all need each other. We need to support each other. So don't forget to share. Don't forget to like. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Um, your contributions help us um, by getting better equipment, by doing more research, by providing better um, episodes. So don't forget to subscribe, like, and share. If you'd like to be uh, to give a donation, more than welcome. Check out my link. Um, down below um, you can also donate to the cause so um, with that being said you all have a good day don't forget it's, it's mother's days tell your mama's happy mother's day and be nice to the woman it is her day well every day but today be nice um, and enjoy your sundays and don't forget to keep it ghosting your homegirl out bye If you're new to the podcast community and you want to start a new podcast and you're looking for a platform that is user-friendly, that has everything you need at your fingertips, that won't set any limits, that you can earn money, then I would recommend Anchor. Now, Anchor can be used basically anywhere. You could be in your car, you can be laying on the sofa in bed where you can edit, um, record, and upload. Um, you can throw in um, soundtracks. You can, I mean, everything is there for you. Now, I use it because, like, it's user friendly and, um, it is free and I find it really easy to navigate without it being very confusing now most platforms you know before you can even try it out you need to sign up and pick a plan I like anchor because I don't have to go through any of that so I recommend it now 
if you really want to get into it, I recommend you going to your website, anchor.fm, and, you know, signing up. Or you can download anchor.fm from the Google Store, iTunes, um, and give it a try. So don't forget to go to anchor.fm, sign up, and I'll see you all in the podcast community. Mm -hmm.